For more information about First Baptist Church, visit our website at fbclawschool.org. Everybody open your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm 127. We're going to be looking at several verses this morning, but we're going to uh, the one we're going to kind of circle around and come back to it always is Psalm 127, verse 3. So if you'll find that there in your Bible, it's a, it's a great opportunity we have to stop and to think. You know, as, as those of us who, who have kids, who are, who are growing up, those of us who have had kids and have long since gone on uh, to have their own families and everything, one of the things that we, that we center around, we come back around to as a church family is just the beauty of, of birth, the beauty of regeneration, the beauty of new life, the beauty that God has, has given us. Uh, and Psalm 127.3 tells us, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Is a reward. And so we're going to take a look at that today. It's, it's in the, it comes in the form of a, of a charge to the Ezels, but we as a family are here to listen in on it. And the things that we talk about today are going to be things that every one of us needs to know or remember or, or apply or encourage uh, our kids and our grandkids to, to do as well. In life, there are certain certain events. Dan mentioned that a little bit earlier, and we didn't even plan that. Dan's just awesome that way. But we, there, are certain, there are certain life events that are just important, which we refer to as rites of passage. Right? We all have rites of passage, which are, are basically important first experiences in our lives. When we went off to school for the first time, right? we got on the bus, or our parents drove us down to the school, and we had our little brand new backpack that had never been touched before. And we walked in there and, and began that new thing. And our parents, you know, kind of let us go for the first time for a whole day that wasn't, didn't involve somebody's grandparents' house. You know, we had to make friends and we had to do those kind of things. But that's a, an important rite of passage. When we turned 16 and we went to the local driver's license station and we took the test, we took the written test and then the driving test. And then if we were fortunate enough to pass those, we went inside and they took our, what are the, the, probably one of the world's worst pictures and then they put it on a, a card and gave it to us and we could drive off there because we had gotten a driver's license. That was one of the most momentous rites of passage, I think, probably that we have because we start to feel grown up as a child when we get that driver's license. It means a lot. Uh, and it's the end of any sleeping that your parents will ever have again. But it is an important rite of passage. There's that first time you voted. The first time you got a car, your first date. Your first kiss, your wedding day, the birth of your first child. These are just incredible, momentous rites of passage. And then as your kids grow up, we get to go through all of those rites of passage again with each of our children as they then have their family and we see them. And you know, as parents, we pray, Lord, I just want them to have just one of those children. Let them be like the one that they were to me. You know, you parents know what I'm talking about. But today is a very important rite of passage. It's the day that Barbara and Patrick dedicate Breeze to the Lord. And we've already seen the biblical basis uh, for child dedication during the ceremony itself. I, I mentioned uh, just in passing the story of uh, Elkanah and, and Hannah who gave their son Samuel back to the Lord. And now I'd like to elaborate on that story if I could just a little bit. Hannah had been distraught, right? Y'all know the story. You're familiar with the story. Hannah had been very distraught because she was unable to have a baby. 
And she had prayed and she had asked God. In fact, she, had, she was a fixture at the temple, or at the synagogue, where she would go in it and she would pray and, and just pray to God for, for a child. She was so troubled. She was mumbling her prayer at the altar in an almost uncontrollable state of distress. And she had, you could just see the anguish, the tears that were running down her face that, that the priest there, Eli, kind of rebuked her for, for being drunk at the altar. I mean, she was in such a state that the priest got on to her for, for the way she was behaving. But she responded to him by pouring her heart out to this man of God, Eli. She poured her heart out to him and she, she shared with him the anguish, the, the trial that she was going through. And after hearing the cry of her soul, instead of rebuking her, Eli then blessed her, gave her a blessing. By the time that Hannah had left the temple, she was at peace with the Lord. Whatever the Lord wanted to do in her life, she was at peace with that. Whether God gave her a child or not, she was at peace with God's will for her life. Well, the Bible says that God did give her a child. And when it was time to dedicate Samuel to the Lord, Elkanah and, uh, talked to Hannah about doing it. And she said, no, she didn't want to do it right now. That she had promised that if God would give her a child, that she would dedicate him and turn him over to the Lord's service. But she wanted to make sure that he was weaned first and was able to, to, to live without her. So he, she said, just let me wean him. And when I'm finished doing that, I'll, we'll take him and dedicate him to the Lord. And just as she had promised, when she had done that, she brought Samuel to the temple. At this point, Eli didn't remember who she was. It had been a while. She didn't, he didn't remember who she was. But then she said to him in 1 Samuel 1, verses 26 through 28, she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given, my, given me my petition, which I asked of him. So I have dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. <clears throat> now let this, this passage kind of uh, be a, a counterpoint to the text that we read first. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Children, in God's estimation, are not a burden. Children are a gift. Some translations uh, you have might say they're a heritage. But they're a gift from God. In other words, they're special. They're special things that God, people, beings, the individuals, that God has given us to, to love and to nourish and to care for. Not burdens, but gifts. Now let me share with you a couple of truths about these little gifts from the Lord. First of all, they're to be given back to God. That's the, some of the teachings of these verses. God gives us children as gifts of His grace. But God is honored when we trustingly give them back to Him for His glory. You see, we give our children back to the Lord not to make much of us, but to make much of the Lord. We are all, as God's children, we should be created and sustained by His glory, for His glory. Now guys, I'll... Well, here's Samuel. 
this very special gift that God had given to Hannah as an answer to her deepest and, and most earnest prayer. And she gives Samuel back to the Lord. And that's not the only instance, right? We know in the Bible where, where God has blessed families with children and then they have been willing to give them back to the Lord. Now I know that most of us, guys, y'all will never be asked to leave Breeze here at the church forever. That's what Hannah did, but y'all will never be asked to literally send your children to live in the church and to serve. Although I could always use a little help around here anytime. Nor will you be asked, like Abraham was, to take a knife and raise it, fully expecting to sacrifice your child on an altar to God. But the truth is, God wants every parent here. He wants every parent here to give up our own plans for our kids, our own dreams for our kids, in exchange for God's purpose. You know, all of us have things that we want our kids to be, right? I mean, you know, the greatest nuclear physicist that ever lived, the greatest baseball player that ever lived, the greatest football player that ever lived, the greatest school teacher or doctor, the doctor that's going to find a cure for COVID-19 is probably a child sitting in here right now. We all have these great plans and dreams for our kids. But I think what this verse is trying to tell us, what this passage is trying to tell us, it, when, it, when we talk about giving our kids back to God, is that we need to surrender our agenda, our ambitions, our dreams for the purposes of God. Because no matter what we dream for our kids, no matter what we want for our children, they will, it will never be as incredible as what God has got in store for our kids. So part of giving them back to the Lord is surrendering to His leadership, surrendering to His Lordship, letting God direct their lives, letting God direct their plans by making their plans His plans. And we can encourage that by being an example of that for our young people. You know? Well, we don't struggle against God. We don't war against God when God tries to move us into a place where, where we may not want to go, but we willingly go there. And part of that is, is letting God set the, the course of our kids' lives. To give our children back to God is to say, God, my children, my child is yours. And I'm a steward of those gifts from you. I surrender my dreams for their lives. And I ask you to have your will in their lives. For you to use them as you see fit. And I'm going to raise them up as you have commanded me to honor you in their lives. That's putting God front and center in your family. It's putting God front and center in everything that you do, in the time that you spend together with your young people, whether it's, whether it's your kids or your grandkids, or maybe you're raising your nieces and nephews. I don't know what your family situation is, but I do know this, that God has called us to place Him front and center in the life of our family and to surrender what we, would, what we would do to what He would have us to do. So let me ask you that question. Have you come to the place in your life where you've prayed that prayer? Where you've said, God, I just, I just want so much for my, for my kids. I want so much for my son. I want so much for my daughter. 
that I'm going to surrender it all to you. I'm giving it all to you. I'm not going to try to, to be something that I'm not. I want you to be everything that you are to him or to her. Have you given your children to the Lord? Have you given up your dreams for them? And have you asked the Lord to use them as, as, as he sees fit? Because I'm going to tell you something. That's a dangerous thing for a parent to say, Lord, I want you to use my child as you see fit because the Lord may see fit to take your child around the world as a missionary. He may see fit to move your child away from home where he or she can just grow the kingdom. So surrendering to the Lord is, is a blessing but it's also a little, a little anxiety producing, really, for parents. But God says, you know what, when I'm in charge, there's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to be nervous. There's no reason to, to worry. Because I've got them. You gave them to me when they were little. And I'm going to hold them until my purpose is complete in their lives. That's what it means to give our kids back to God. And every parent here ought to do that. Second, God wants us to pass on to these little gifts from God a passion to love God and to follow Him. We have to pass that along. That's not just generated internally. We have to raise our kids, as the Bible says, as I talked to Patrick and Barbara, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To learn who the Lord is, to learn who Jesus is, and to know that He loves them. And that we have been raised to serve and to lead others through our witness into a relationship with Christ. Turn with me, please, if you will, to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6, where God commands parents, and in this passage, he's specifically talking to fathers, but he's talking to all parents as well, where, where uh, he talks about the important job of modeling and teaching God's truth to our kids. Listen to what God commanded in Deuteronomy 6. First of all, he tells us that stimulating faith in our children begins with our own faith as parents. And a specific responsibility is given in Scripture to fathers to lead, to lead the family in spiritual growth. I could shout, I could speak statistics all day long about the importance in a child's spiritual life of their father. But as parents, all of us have a blessed obligation, a tremendous responsibility to teach those who are coming up behind us to love the Lord. Verses 5 and 6 of Deuteronomy 6 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Shall be on your heart. God says that before you can teach your children to love and follow Him, you have to love Him first. And you have to follow Him. He doesn't say for you to do this flippantly. He doesn't say this to, to do this carelessly or half-heartedly. No, the love for God we're to model for our children and our grandchildren has to be complete and has to be total, sold-out love and commitment to Him. To love Him with all your heart. To love Him with all your soul. And all your might. That's fairly inclusive, right? All. We don't love God with what we have saved after we finish loving ourselves and loving our jobs and loving our hobbies 
and loving those things that we do. No, we love the Lord with everything we have, and everything we then do is an outgrowth of that. Kind of like we've talked about so many times, our relationship with God informs every other relationship that we have, whether it's our family or our friends or our co-workers, whatever it is. We pass along our relationship with God to other people. And it's never more important than when we pass that relationship we have with God along to our kids. we got to make sure that we're right with the Lord. We have to make sure that we are loving the Lord with all our hearts and with all our souls and with all our might. And at that point, only then are we able to share that with our kids. And before we command God's Word into our children's hearts, we have to first have it in our heart. And I hope and pray that as parents, you are totally committed to God, completely dedicated to Him, fully giving Him all your might. Because that's really the only way we can parent and, and you know, deal with some of the things that, that we deal with as parents as we are growing a, a little person who's going to have their own personality and going to have their own thoughts and ideas and things like that. We've got to do that in the Lord because the Lord's the only one's going to give us the strength to do it. And then the Bible teaches us to pass His faith and truths of God's Word on to our children. Once we have made sure that we are right with the Lord, we pass that along to our kids. Look at verses 7 and 8. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your head and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. Note that God says we should be diligent in teaching our children. This is not something that we just pass off to Sunday school teachers to do. Or their RA and GA teachers. As parents, as caregivers, as those that have been entrusted with, with bringing our kids up to love the Lord, we have got to be diligent about that. And what does it mean to be diligent? That means we don't put that responsibility down. That responsibility is with us all the time. Dad and Mom, listen. This is the most important responsibility that you will ever have. And that is to teach your children about God and about His Word. That's the most important responsibility that, that we have. It's more important than teaching them how to read or, to, or write or do math. It's more important than teaching them how to have a good work ethic. It's more important than teaching them how to choose a good spouse. It's more important than teaching them responsibility or order or character or how to get along. Because let me tell you something. Those are important things, but every one of those things is an offshoot of teaching them how to have a good relationship with the Lord. I mean, just think about that list that we just, we just looked at. These are important things for our, our young people to understand, to grow up, to be good, productive, uh, godly, Christ-honoring members of society. They, they have to do that thing. But what does it say? Everything you do, you do unto the Lord, right? When they go to school, if we have taught them, they will do what they do to the Lord. If they, in their relationships with others, they will have those relationships as to the Lord. When they look for a spouse, when God blesses them with a, with a spouse, if God chooses to do that, if they have a right relationship with the Lord, they will look for people who have a right relationship with the Lord. So everything that our child could, could become comes about as a result of God's influence in their life. And where do they get that from? They get it from us. We share that with them. 
It's important. They see it modeled as important for us. And so often, what becomes important for us is important for our kids, too. So we have to be diligent. We have to work at it. We have to stay at it. We have to keep on keeping on doing it. And when we find ourselves dropping the ball or neglecting it, we have to discipline ourselves to get back and to be faithful at it. Because it's not always going to be easy. It's, you know, this is a very special day and we are, the Holy Spirit is here in this place and, and He is moving our hearts and we are, we are on fire for helping Breeze become the man that God has for him to be. But some days it's going to be different. There's going to be competing priorities. There's going to be competing things in the world. And, and at, that, at those times, we have to be disciplined as parents. We have to be disciplined. So that our kids will learn to be disciplined in loving the Lord. So not only must we be diligent to teach our children about God and His ways, but also note that it's a job that goes on around the clock. It's a 24-7, 365 job. And it's one that we ought to love because God has done so much for us. He's blessed us in so many ways. And we want to share with our kids the God who does this, the God who, who loves them, the God who created them, the God, the God who, who, who stands ready to bless them, and the God who wants their obedience and wants their lives and, and who just wants to be the center of everything that they're, that they're doing, that ought to be a great pleasure for us to teach. The passage says that we're to teach our children those things when we're sitting in our house, when we're walking along the way, when we lay our children down to sleep at night, when we go in there to wake them up in the morning. It ought to be in the Lord. That pretty much covers the day, doesn't it? Pretty much covers the day. Do you begin your day reading God's Word with your family? I admit sometimes I fall down on that. But do you begin your day with the Lord? Reading it with your family? Talking about spiritual truth? Naturally, just during conversation, during the day, as you're riding down the street, riding down the road, talking, looking out there and seeing the beauty of God's creation and using that as an opportunity to teach your young person about the love of God. And have God provided all this beauty, think of what God can do in your heart. Think of who God can make you. How about when you put your kids to bed? Do you say your prayers with them? God, help you to do this and do it diligently and do it all day long. Because we live in a world that is going to give these young people plenty of other things to think about and plenty of other things to do. And if they're going to grow up knowing that God is a priority, we have got to teach them that God is a priority. And this charge this morning is firstly directed at Patrick and Barbara, but I'm going to charge all of us this morning to take up the mantle, to carry out God's command, to do these things. Oh, oh listen, I mean, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might. That begins by giving your life to Jesus Christ by being saved. You cannot give everything to the Lord if you're holding back that thing that He commands you to give Him most of all. And that is who you are. Your essence, your, your soul, your spirit. Everything that you're going to be, you give to Him. You give your life to Him. If you're holding that back, and you can't do any of these other things that we're talking about. You can't rely on the Lord to... to to do these things, to walk with you in a way that He promises to walk with His children if you're unwilling to be 
one of his children. So we have to do that with everything that we have. That begins by giving our lives to him. But it also means that that we as men or, or women who are believers, living for God, staying in his word, bringing ourselves and, and our kids weekly to, to worship so that we can delight in the Lord, so that we can also relight the flames of the fires of affection for our Lord and put those in our hearts so that we'll have something to pass on to our kids. It's kind of like when we have our, those candlelight services at Christmas and we start with one candle. And then you go down there and you light another candle and you goes all the way down and pretty soon the entire sanctuary is full of light. That's, the, what, we, that's what we do with the light of the Lord in us. We pass it along to the next person. And we pass it along to the young folks. That's, that's what we do. We pass that on to them so that they will have then a heritage, a blessing to pass on to their kids. And then and only then can we effectively teach our children about God. We have to do it. We have to do it. We can't just give lip service to loving the Lord. Because kids are smarter than that. If kids see you do one thing and hear you say something else, kids know what's authentic. So if we're going to teach our kids about the Lord, loving the Lord and serving Him, serving Him by serving each other, then they're going to have to see it in us. And one of the things that we do when we make these dedications as parents and as the church is we promise to let these young folks, we have promised this morning to let Breeze see that in us. It's not a promise you make lightly. But we have promised to do that. To not only teach, but to show. To let what God has done in us radiate out of us. Catch fire to the person next to us. And on and on and on down the road. That's what we have to do. But I'm going to tell you something. It begins, it begins by the ultimate surrender. And that is the surrender of your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you are here today. And you have never made that decision. Maybe you've never come to the point in your life where you want Jesus so badly that you're willing to come down here and you're willing to surrender everything you are and everything you have and everything that you will ever be to Him. God calls us to love Him with everything we have. He gave His most valuable gift to the cross for me and for you and for every person who throughout history and into the future would come to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He came to this earth to teach us how to love each other, to teach us how to serve God by serving each other, to teach us how to sacrifice everything for the mission and the purpose of our Father by going to the cross. And God defeated death for us on the cross and he defeated hell by emptying that tomb three days later. This isn't mythology, this is fact. He did it for me and for you so that one day you could give him everything. Everything. You could say, I'm tired of trying to deal with life on my own terms.
I'm weary of trying to be a good person in a world that is not a good place. I'm ready for the strength in my life that can only come from somebody outside of myself. And it's not any other person. It's, it's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. Strengthening me to love and to serve in His name. Giving glory and honor to Him. Making much of Him by making less of us. By committing our lives, every one of ours, to bringing people behind us who are going to be prepared to take over the duty and responsibilities of the church from us one day because we have poured the overflow of what God has done for us into their lives. But it starts with one decision, one big decision. Will I live for Him? And if the answer to that question is, yes, I want to live for Jesus, then you have got to give Him your life so that He can change you and make you into the person that God knows you can be. In a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, and that's what this is for. It's not First Baptist invitation. It's God's invitation to you. It's God speaking to your heart. It's God dealing with you every day. It's, God, it's, that, it's the culmination of that daily work that God is doing in your life coming to this point where you give it up to Him. Let's pray together. Father, I just, I just thank You for loving us. God, I thank You for teaching us. I thank You for healing us and saving us. Lord, You have done so much for each and every one of Your children. Things that we could possibly never understand or even know. But Lord, You have always been there. You have always called us. You have always loved us. You created us to have this intimacy and relationship with you, God, and, and you get us to the point where you call us and we are ready to hear the message that you have got for us, Lord. And it responds, it resonates in our hearts. And it does that, Lord, because somebody shared the gospel with each one of us. Somebody shared your love with each one of us. Somebody shared what you did in their life with us, Lord, and it made an impression. And we decided that we wanted to live that way too. And you said you can. Just give yourself to me. Lord, you've blessed us by giving us opportunities to raise young people in your church. Help us to be worthy of the task. Help us to be up to the challenge. Lord, but help us to begin by making sure that we are right with you, that our hearts are united with yours. Let that be our goal today. In Jesus' name, amen.